Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So I want to go over the real reason the United States is headed for a recession, at least in my opinion. I think the evidence is on my side. Let's go right over to this chart. And this pretty much sums it up right here. Real average hourly earnings. So you guys know that the U.S. economy is 70% consumption. So you've got to put the consumer at the middle of everything. So then you look at the other businesses, say Home Depot, Walmart, Target. Okay, well, they don't produce anything. They just resell what they get from China to that American consumer. But let's just say that's the entire economy. Okay, well, who employs the consumer? Well, that would be those businesses that I just listed. Okay, well, what happens is when the aggregate demand, when the, the purchasing power of the average consumer starts to go down, that means less money going over to Walmart, Home Depot, and Target, let's say, or Starbucks or Uber, or wherever they're working. So the more the, the fewer dollars that go to these entities, the fewer people that they can employ. Of course, this is actually what the Fed wants. They've stated this explicitly, that they want unemployment to rise. They think that's the only way to get inflation back under 2%, to get unemployment rate to go up. So what happens is the unemployment rate goes up. Well, that means that there's less purchasing power because fewer people are employed. But then you just have this feedback loop, you see, this positive feedback loop where the less purchasing power for the consumer, the less money, the more unemployment, the more unemployment, the less purchasing power, you see. And of course, there's other factors in there, such as asset prices. But what's what asset prices are predicated upon to a certain degree is the extension of credit. And if there's less credit available, if money is tight, as an example, because the banking system having problems, we just talked about this in the last video, that would lead you to believe that there's a extreme headwind for asset classes such as real estate or even for the uh, stock market, which would bring the overall purchasing power down. But remember, it all depends on the rate of inflation relative to other things. Because even if you have home prices going up, if they're not going up with the pace of inflation, then in real terms, purchasing power, which is all we really care about, they're actually going down. So this is focusing on the average hourly earnings adjusted for inflation. So just that component of aggregate demand. And as you would imagine, in 2020, 2021, it's going up because of stimulus, PPP, no expenses, yada, yada, yada. And then we see inflation start to pick up a lot faster than nominal wage increases. And we see it go steeply negative. I mean, here in March, roughly of 2021, it's negative 3.4%. And it has remained negative all the way to the point where this chart ends March of 2023. And I don't see why anything would change. So I would assume that the real wages or the purchasing power has gone down. The real wages are still negative, regardless of what you hear in the mainstream media, that nominal wages, you know, wages are up, wages are up, wages are up, wages are up, right? Nominal terms, but wages are up in Venezuela. Bravo. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean that they have more purchasing power. So this is why we always have to consider the rate of inflation. But there's other ways to visualize this that help you understand the impact that I think this is going to have. Now, keep in mind that the amount of overall savings in aggregate total is still greater. It still exceeds 
what we saw in 2019. So this is important. So what's happened is we had all this savings accumulate for the reasons you guys know about 2020, 2021, but there's still the average consumer is still spending down those savings, right? They're still not back to where they were at 2019. Now the savings rate or the amount of savings relative to that trend is steeply negative. We've gone over that chart many, many times, but they're still working through the buildup of savings. Why? Well, because their average hourly earnings have not kept up. That's why their purchasing power going down. So them to eat into their savings. Now, fortunately they have these savings, but the savings are dwindling. And unless something happens to real wages, then those savings are going to continue to dwindle until they get to zero which is happening with a lot of people right now, which is why you see credit card debt exploding higher. But let's move on to this next chart. Now, this is Australia. I use this for a whiteboard video today, but th the dynamics are, are relatively the same for the United States. I just wanted to use this chart because it gives you another visual representation of why this is such a huge problem and why I think this is taking us, this is the real reason why we're heading into that recession uh, outside of some sort of black swan. Look at this. In 2008, December, real wages were at 94 on this index. And they're using March of 2020 as 100 point. Okay, so right here. Then we see it go up just like in the United States and then absolutely crash down to a level to where it is the same as 2008. So all of the purchasing power, the increases, although they were very, very small, all of those increases in real purchasing power for the average Joe and Jane evaporated, gone almost overnight. They're right back to where they were in 2008. That's 15 years. And this, I want to point out, we're not done yet. The real wages are still negative. So, I mean, how far back do we go here? Do we continue this trend until real wages are back to where they were in the 1970s? I mean, I, I, mean I, I know it's an extreme example. I don't know what's going to change this other than a massive recession because that's going to bring the inflation rate down to a point where, yeah, you might have some real wage growth, but th that's with the people that are currently employed, which is a much lower percentage of the overall population. Let me show you what I'm referring to. Let's get to this chart. And this shows us kind of a step-by-step, -step, more incremental process to what's happening with real wages going all the way back to 2007. So look at 2009. Look at the increase in real wages. Why? Because we had outright deflation. In Q1, Q2 of 2009, in one of those quarters, we had like a negative 2 or 3%. Okay, so what that means is the unemployment rate is skyrocketing. But for the people that still have jobs, okay, sure. They're getting their um, purchasing power is increasing, but the purchasing power in aggregate total is decreasing massively because like we said, fewer people have the jobs. Therefore, their purchasing power goes down to zero with, without the help of the, the government. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. 
and Brent Johnson with Macroeconomics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Then you guys know what happens as uh, we have the housing market decline. We have, uh, then we probably have wages just absolutely stagnant. So they probably went up here as a result of uh, deflation. But then once inflation started to creep back up to maybe two, call it 3%, uh, even if it was at 1% here in 2010, 2011 or so, we probably had nominal wage declines. So even with very low inflation, the purchasing power was still going down. And then look at what we have lately over the past year or so. Look at how much real wages have declined. That is that is staggering. Really unbelievable. It's tough to get your head around. But when you see the amount of savings just absolutely fall off a cliff, well, now it makes sense. And then you combine that with the student loans having to be repaid and everything else that we talk about on this channel. And you can see how we're, we're coming to a demand cliff and we're driving right off that demand cliff. And if the U.S. economy is 70% consumption, what this tells us is there's going to be a hell of a lot less consumption in the very near future. And that's, I think, the real reason why we are likely headed into a recession, if not something worse. George, I just wanted to see what other people were actually seeing because in the Boston area, I am still seeing restaurants flourished and yeah, they still and, have they still have savings, Josh. Yeah. They haven't burned through the savings yet. And yeah, they still but, haven't and they still don't have to make their student loans. So yeah, that's fine. But let's let's talk about this in the end of October. Let's talk about this in November. And you're gonna go to those restaurants and it's gonna be a ghost town. You're gonna see tumbleweed just rolling on by. And you're going to be where all the people go. And then, then we get into the bullwhip effect and all those restaurant owners realize that they had all this demand that was a sugar rush. And, oh, that was a result of all these programs that aren't uh, programs anymore. Then they fire the employees. You see the unemployment. And then that's when Jerome Powell gets his wish. But it's one of those things, be careful what you wish for, right? You're sitting there wishing for the unemployment rate to go up. Well, the un unemployment rate might go up a lot higher than you want it to. And then you're not so much worried about inflation. You're worried about deflation again. And although that may be temporary, that takes us into that next wave of government spending, or that's when you get into that type of situation that the yield curve has been predicting for so long. So what do you do uh, if this is what's coming? What you do, first and foremost, is acknowledge the fact that it's likely coming based on not just what George Gammon says. Forget George Gammon. George Gammon is just some idiot on YouTube. What do I know? I almost flunked out of high school. Never taken an econ class in my life. Never taken a, a, a finance class. I've never taken a business class, for heaven's sakes. That didn't hurt me too much. But I don't know anything. Forget George Gammon. Look at the yield curve. That's all you got to do. It, it's just short, simple, right to the point. Look at the two-year. Look at the 10-year. When that two-year goes back down below the 10-year, which at some point it has to, that's when it's likely, that's when you're likely to see the stuff hit the fan. 
And I'm just saying that that's likely going to be a result of the Fed dropping rates. And the Fed is likely going to be dropping rates because of the things that we're talking about on this video coming to fruition. If but, you were still uh, an entrepreneur, let's say 10 years ago, and you saw this coming, what would you actually do to try and protect your business? I'd make sure that I was very lean. I'd make sure that I had a lot of, yeah, like sustainable lumber companies, saying a lot of dry powder saved up. I mean, that's exactly what Kenny McElroy is doing right now. I mean, most people on this live stream right now know who my buddy Kenny is, right? He's one of the, probably the most famous, one of the most famous real estate investors out there, but he's not just a guru. Like most of these guys sit and talk about it, but they don't actually do it. Kenny's the opposite. Yeah. Kenny's legit. Kenny is OG. The guy manages 1.5 billion in, uh, in multifamily apartment buildings, right? So he is an OG first and foremost, and then he just happens to do the YouTube stuff. But look at what he's doing, right? And by the way, how did he make so much money? Because he played the GFC perfectly. He played it perfectly. So what he's doing right now is he's not sitting there just shaking in a corner like a beaten puppy dog, or he's not losing sleep over this. No, he's simply acknowledging it. He's understanding this and saying, okay, here's what the probabilities are. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make sure that my expenses are as low as possible. There's no redundancies in my business whatsoever. And I think that's what the average Joe and Jane could do, even if they don't have a business. And their own, look at your own personal expenses monthly. Just make sure they're airtight right now. And then you you know save as much money as you can. Make sure that you've got that rainy day fund, as uh, uh, Dave Ramsey would call it. And then once you've got that set up, then start looking for opportunities that could arise as a result of however severe this crisis gets. Because the bigger the crisis, the bigger the opportunity. And that's why Kenny right now isn't just rich. He drives around in a private jet, <laughs> right? Because he positioned himself well to take advantage of the opportunities that were presented by GFC number one. So that's what I'm doing. And I, I think the, my, my pushback here is that most people in the mainstream media and your friend and family member, Fred, are sitting there whistling past the graveyard. And they're sitting there making up all these excuses as to why the economy is on fire and we shouldn't be worried about any of this stuff. And that's one of the main reasons why I pound the table so much. Look, if you want to get the, the bullish argument, that's 99% of financial media. So you need something to slightly offset that. And hopefully, uh, that's what we do here on the Rebel Capitalist channel. All right, Rebel Capitalist, make sure you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. And we'll see you on the next one. There you go, guys.